Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. NATO is holding firepower drills in Latvia. Why? Because there are real concerns now that we are in, not on the verge, but we're actually in the beginnings of War War Three. President Joe Biden also came out and said that G7 nations are going to take steps to deny most favored nation status to Russia, not just the United States of America. The U.S. will also ban imports on Russian seafood. Russian alcohol and diamonds. The question you should be asking yourself right now is, why did this take so long? Now, a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe or auto download button and tell your friends about this podcast. Share this on social media. And if you would, write us a five-star review to help us as Democrats have been attacking our podcast recently with bad reviews. Now... Here is part of the president's announcement to the world. As Putin continues his merciless assault, the United States and our allies and partners continue to work in lockstep to ramp up the economic pressures on Putin and to further isolate Russia in a global stage. Later today, together with other NATO allies in the G7, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, as well as the European Union, we're going to jointly announce several new steps to squeeze Putin and hold him more, even more accountable for his aggression against Ukraine. And I want to speak to a few of those points today. First, each of our nations is going to take steps to deny most favored nation status to Russia. A most favored nation status designation means two countries have agreed to trade with each other under the best possible terms. Low tariffs, few barriers of trade, and the highest possible imports allowed. In the United States, we call this permanent normal trade relations, PNTR, but it's the same thing. Revoking PNTR for Russia is going to make it harder for Russia to do business with the United States and doing it in unison with other nations to make up half of the global economy will be another crushing blow to the Russian economy. It's already suffering very badly from our sanctions. And I want to thank Speaker Pelosi, Leader McCarthy, Leader Schumer and McConnell and Senators Wyden and Crapo, Representatives Neal and Brady, for their bipartisan leadership on this in the Congress. I would like to offer a special thanks to Speaker Pelosi, who's been a strong advocate for, for revoking PNTR and who agreed to hold off on that in the House until I could line up all of our key allies to keep us in complete unison. Unity among our allies is critically important, as you all know, from, from my perspective, at least. Many issues divide us in Washington. But standing for democracy in Ukraine, pushing Russia's aggression, should not be one of those issues. The free world is coming together to confront Putin. 
Our two parties here at home are leading the way. And with that bipartisan cooperation, I'm looking forward to signing into law the bill revoking PNTR, which is, again, most people think of it as most favored nation status. We're also taking a further step of banning imports of goods from several signature sectors of the Russian economy, including seafoods, vodka, and diamonds. Now, the question you should be asking is, what took so long? How is it taking this long? We've seen videos coming out, and those videos are very clear of the atrocities that are being committed by Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has started World War III. The question is, are we going to stop it? Are we going to help defeat him? Are we going to push him back within his own borders? Are we going to allow him to continue to act like a madman who is killing innocent women and children, attacking hospitals, children's hospitals, maternity wards? Are we going to allow for more mass graves to be dug and bodies to be thrown in them in Ukraine? Now, this is their very new real concerns about chemical weapons. There was only one question that Joe Biden would answer at the end of his press conference, right? Banning all of these things. And the question is one that has been brought up a lot in the last 24, 48 hours. And that is, there is intelligence now, and people are very concerned that chemical weapons may be used by Vladimir Putin. Would that be a red line? Now, the White House press secretary bungled that one as well when she was asked the question and would not answer if that was a red line. Now, remember, I don't want them to say it's a red line if it's not. I want to be clear about that, okay? I don't want them to say it's a red line if we don't back it up. I remember when... Syria, and there was a red line question asked. Do you remember that? Of Barack Obama. You may remember that red line question where he was asked about would it change the calculus if chemical weapons were used? And he said, yes, that would change our calculus, as Obama put it back then. Then they were used. And what did we do? We did nothing. You know, I I go back to 2017 when Donald Trump was asked about that red line. And he said, I'm not like Obama where I draw a red line and then don't act. And this is the reason why Vladimir Putin and other people didn't screw with Donald Trump. Mr. President, thank you for joining us. Let's start with North Korea. I know a lot of people have been talking about it. You mentioned it over the weekend with CBS. Um, Kim Jong-un, is there a, a red line for President Trump with North Korea? Well, I'm not like President Obama, where you draw a red line, as he said, a red line in the sand, and then lots of bad things happen, and he never goes over the red line. In fact, I actually covered his red line for him with Syria. But I will say that uh, you see what's going on. It's very, very bad. It's very threatening to us and to many many other allies. If you look at South Korea, if you look at Japan and others, it's a very horrible thing that's going on, and the statements are very inflammatory. They're horrible. So we'll have to see. I don't like drawing red lines, but I act if I have to act. I like the way that, by the way, Donald Trump answered at the time. He said, look, I'm not like Obama, where if I do draw a red line and it's crossed, I'm going to actually act. I'm not going to sit back. You know, even Barack Obama was asked after the fact about that. He said, I don't regret it. At all laying down a red line with Syria. And the media helped him get out of this when he was doing a CBS interview back in 2017. And he says, well, I don't, I don't regret it. Well, the world responds when you are weak. And they realize that when you lie and you say there's a red line on human rights abuses, there's a red line on chemical weapons, and then you don't act. 
that there will be consequences. Raising questions about his credibility. I want to go back to like 2012. Yeah. Um, I want to two words. Red line. Yeah. You didn't have to say that. Yeah. And there have been reports that it wasn't in your speech. No, it wasn't. That you just sort of ad-libbed it. If you could pull the, it created, it created problems for you with the, with the military people. Would you take those words back? You didn't have to say them. Yeah, look, if you're putting all the weight on that particular phrase, then in terms of how it was interpreted in Washington, I think you, you make a legitimate point. By the way, I love how they how he says this is how it's interpreted in Washington. A red line should not have any other interpretation except for the fact that it's a red line. You know, Barack Obama was literally saying, well, the Beltway establishment establishment misconstrued my red line on Syria. That's what he was saying. That's what he that's literally what he's saying. Well, the, the Beltway establishment, they misconstrued it. Now you've got a president. They were watching now, and, the, and, and again, the White House like, well, we don't know. All right, so where are we with this president, right? If chemical weapons are used, what does that mean? We now have a response. This is the response from the president. One question, one question only of him from the White House press corps before he walked out of the room after saying that Russia will, you know, is going to lose the ability to sell us alcohol and diamonds and fish. Because that's going to stop Putin. And would the U.S. have a military response if Putin does launch a chemical weapons attack? I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but, but uh, Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemicals. Would the U.S. have a President there announcing new economic steps, uh, notably in conjunction with EU partners, namely removing. I love it, right? Oh, well, well, Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons. I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but they'd pay a severe price. What, what, is that superior, what is that severe price, Mr. President? Because so far, you hadn't pay, made him pay for anything he's done so far. So far, this has not been a, a very big deal, Mr. President. So far, this has been pretty easy. You guys are not just a day late and a dollar short. You're like a month late. And billions of dollars short of what the people in Ukraine need to protect and defend themselves. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, there's going to be a there's going to be a real thing here that happens like they better not screw with us. If I'm Vladimir Putin right now, I'm just going to be totally honest. I'm not afraid of the United States of America right now because they don't seem to have the stomach to do anything. I'm talking directly about Joe Biden and his leadership. No one's afraid of him right now. I mean, why would you be afraid of him right now? Is there anything that he said so far that you would be afraid of? I don't see it. I don't understand what we're trying to do. I don't understand our strategy right now. Because we are always behind on everything that we are doing right now. I I don't comprehend what they're trying to accomplish. And I think I'm not the only one right now. Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons not going to tell you what that is, but it's going to be severe. And we're announcing that, yeah, let me talk about severity, right? I mean, you just, you, you just took away most favored nation status from Russia. That's not severe. You just said we're not going to buy their alcohol. That's not severe. You just said we're not going to buy their seafood. That's not severe. So what's next? Because so far we've done pretty much nothing to really hammer Vladimir Putin. If anything, we're, 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 we're letting him take the lead on every scenario, which also includes the fighter jets with Poland, which has also been another disaster. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The White House, by the way, is also really loving this conflict between Ukraine and Russia because they're getting to use it to blame Russia for all of the problems we're having here domestically. They're getting to also use Russia and Ukraine to implement their Green New Deal, mandating that you submit to what it is they want you to do with green energy, with buying an electric vehicle, I mean, you got $7 plus a gallon gas right now in California. How many people are going to look at electric vehicles now? A lot. And that's exactly what they want. So if you think that this war in Ukraine is all bad news for Joe Biden, it's not. In many ways, it's a get out of jail free card for them, which is also really what was admitted by the White House press secretary. When she was asked a question by Peter Ducey, like, are you guys going to blame everything, all of your failures? All of your domestic failures on Vladimir Putin until the midterms. And her honest answer should have been, hell yeah, we are. We just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectations and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. There's also no question that when a foreign dictator invades a foreign country and when that foreign dictator is the head of a country that is the third largest supplier of oil in the in the world, that that is going to have an impact. And it is. And so to that point, inflation goes up today. The president's statement blames the Putin price hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything until the midterms? Well, we and by the way, he's right, because everything now is like blame Putin, blame Putin. Blame Putin. They're, they're exploiting this tragedy, this horrific tragedy. What could very well be the start of World War III. And I think, I, I think if you ask Vladimir Putin or those around, they would say, yeah, we started World War III. You guys are just too stupid to realize it. You're, 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 I mean, we've got gas prices hitting a record high again five days in a row. And what are they telling you to do? Go buy that green car we've been telling you. We're going to punish you until you submit to our ideology. That's what they're doing, and they understand there's an opportunity here. They get it. You know, Russia also is being said, is saying now, well, fine, all right, you, all you companies that are pulling out, virtue signaling, right, the same companies are still doing uh, work in, in China which, with, with their human rights abuses. Yeah, we're going to seize all the assets left behind by the existing, the exiting foreign companies that are leaving. 
They, they, they've come out and said this. And it's so funny to see all these companies virtue signal when the, when the same type of atrocities are happening at the hands of the Chinese and child labor and forced labor and internment camps and death of people based on their religion. All the things that we're witnessing Russia do right now, they do in China. And all these companies are happy to do business in China, but they're virtue signaling now in Russia. And Russia's economic development ministry is now saying they, they are preparing a draft legislation that would allow the Kremlin to nationalize the assets of foreign-owned businesses that leave the country. The bill would allow the state corporation and the deposit insurance agency, DIA, to quickly take control of such companies and then repack the businesses into a new organization and sell it at public auction. If there are no applicants, haha, here it is, the state will act as a buyer. There it is. Russian Economic Development Ministry drafted the legislation in response to a mass exodus of foreign businesses from Russia since February the 24th, when Moscow launched its latest military operation in Ukraine. United Russia, the nation's ruling party, described the bill as the first step towards the nationalization of the property of foreign organizations leaving the Russian market. Quote, United Russia added in a statement on the Telegram messaging app that the Russian Commission on Lawmaking Activity had supported a bill allowing the firm more than 25% owned by foreigners from unfriendly states to be put into external e- external administration. Russian's economic development ministry has already sent the Russian government and the Russian prosecutor general's office a list of 59 foreign companies that may be nationalized after they announced the termination of work in Russia in recent days. The list includes Volkswagen, Apple, Ikea, Microsoft, IBM, Shell, McDonald's, Porsche, H&M, and others, according to Russian news agencies. In addition to Shell, by the way, the foreign energy firms ExxonMobil and BP also announced plans to halt business in Russia in response to its latest invasion of Ukraine. The New York Times on March 10th published an extensive list of companies that have announced business curbs in Russia since February, writing, Shell will exit its joint ventures with the Russian national gas giant Gazprom. BP will sell its nearly 20% stake in Rosneft, the Russian state-controlled oil company, and ExxonMobil will end its involvement in a large oil and natural gas project. A number of financial firms likewise announced various pullouts from the Russian market as of March the 10th. It's interesting, by the way, as I read this to you, you notice that of the private sector who has real skin in the game, I'm talking about actual like dollars, it's like they're understanding what's happening while the White House is not. Have you, have you noticed that? Right? Have, have you noticed that? I mean, seriously, it's like they really do understand it. Like, they, they really get it, folks. Like, they, they totally understand it. They understand that this is a war, and it's really, I think, in many ways, the start of World War III. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying Russia understands it. It's the private sector understands it. These people are pulling out with no intention of going back in anytime soon because it's like they understand what's happening with Vladimir Putin while the United States government has no idea what's actually happening. Why is that? Let's go back to Jen Psaki for a moment. Jen Psaki understands that as long as Russia is the front page of the news, they can blame everything that they've screwed up in this country on Russia. The price of gas go up at least 75 cents since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. And, and last month, the statement didn't mention the Putin price hike. It mentioned inflation because of the pandemic. Why is that? Well, Peter, last year, last two years, there was a global pandemic. Everyone who's a global economist have all agreed that that has been the biggest contributor to date 
of inflation because of the impact on the supply chain. Obviously, global events impact the economy, the global economy, as well as global inflation. And the uh, price hikes as a result that have ex escalated over the course of time of President Putin's further invasion of uh, the impact on the global oil markets are, of course, having an impact. Uh President Biden has hosted electric vehicle stakeholders here at the White House. Would he host oil and gas producers, the people who are the most affected by the Putin price hike? By the way, simple question. you got an energy crisis, you would think, right? Any, any man in their right mind that runs the United States of America government and watching what's happening would immediately say, of course, I'm going to meet with them. Why wouldn't I? we got to figure this out because we got to undermine Vladimir Putin. we got to make sure that this guy isn't making more money. Like, of course, we're going to do that. Why, why would you? You know, it's a great question, Peter. Well, remember, they want you to be suffering right now because you haven't done what they told you to do. You haven't submitted to their green new ideology, their religion. So if you think that she was going to respond with anything uh, outside of what she responded with, which was, of course, we're not meeting with them. We're not. There's no there's no plan on the books to meet with the people that make natural gas and oil that drill these companies. Why would we do that? Because we like seven dollar gallon gas, Peter. And we get to blame it on Vladimir Putin right now, but we're going to make you go buy that damn car that we told you to buy. Well, the oil and gas, I have nothing to preview or predict for you in terms of him hosting uh, oil company executives. Is he open to that? I don't have anything planned on the schedule for that front, but I will tell you that uh, the president has been clear that uh, he believes they have uh, the tools they need, uh, 9,000 unused permits. They have the, uh, the capacity they need to go uh, get more oil here in the United States, and he'd encourage them to do that. Go ahead. Just one yeah. more about electric vehicles. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm -hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I love this, right? So now you just drive an electric vehicle, and that's model enough for the left, right? You got to buy one, and you can't afford the gas to put in your car now, but we'll, we, we don't have to buy them because we're rich. We're important. We play by a different set of rules. But just know we're cracking down, folks. We're not screwing around anymore. We're going to ban seafood from Russia, and, and we're going to ban alcohol from Russia, by golly. And that's going to stop all this. By the way, we're going to make sure that you don't remember the gas prices are up $2 since Biden took office. And we're going to blame all of that on one person as well. Who are we going to blame it on? Putin. We've got what we need to blame Putin for everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
even MSNBC was actually praising on TV today the brilliance of Democrats blaming Putin for the problems that we're having in our economy. And they also said it's a brilliant distraction. Like, they're not even lying about it. They're just straight up saying, like, great move, very smart. Tell the American people that Putin's the problem, not Joe Biden. They're openly having this discussion on TV. Oh, and if you think, by the way, that we're actually trying to fix this problem or really unite the world against Vladimir Putin, you're wrong. You want to know what proof I have to show you? Vice President of the United States of America is who we sent to go to Warsaw to speak with our allies. And what did she have to say about what is happening right now in Ukraine? Listen to this. This is a real unedited response to a question about what's happening in Ukraine right now. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. Pregnant women going for health care, being injured by, I don't know, a missile, a bomb? I don't, I don't know, a missile or a bomb. I don't know. This is not sending our best. Her exact quote, I'm going to read it for you. We all watched the television coverage just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. What in the hell are you talking about? We are not sending our best, by the way. This is the same woman that awkwardly starts laughing when asked about Ukrainian refugee crisis. People are still trying to figure out what was so funny. Kamala Harris, we're not sending our best because we're not actually trying to stop World War III. About some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A friend in need is a friend indeed. You're, 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 you start awkwardly laughing when asked about a Ukrainian refugee crisis because I think you don't know how to answer the question. And you cackle. We're not sending our best because we're not trying to stop this because I think Democrats actually understand there is a genuine opportunity here to fundamentally change this country and blame Putin for it all the way until the midterms. The White House, March 10th, their tweet, when we have electric cars powered by clean energy, this is an actual tweet, we will never have to worry about gas prices again. And autocrats like Putin won't be able to use fossil fuels as weapons against our nations. They actually tweeted this out. How, anyone, how everyone missed it. They're exploiting this death and destruction of World War III. Again, White House's actual words tweeted out. When we have electric cars powered by clean energy, we will never have to worry about gas prices again. 
won't have to worry about people like Putin, won't be able to use fossil fuels as weapons against our nation. So no, we're not going to fix this problem. We're going to quickly move forward to make sure that this problem is used to force you to change the way you're doing things. We're going to exploit what is happening to the people in Ukraine, and we're going to let them die. And if he moves on to another place, we'll exploit again saying, see, we told you you should have bought an electric car, and because if you don't, you're not trying to help the people out. Is the president on an electric car? Can't answer that question. Doesn't matter. What if he uses chemical weapons? Is that a thin red line? Won't answer that question either. In fact, I would argue right now there's not a single question that has substance that they will answer. Because they don't want this to end. Revoking most favored nation status from Russia is not going to stop this war. Okay, saying no to their vodka, saying no to their fish is not going to stop this war. And I, I, I keep asking this question because it's a question that you should be asking yourself each and every day. When was the last time a madman woke up one day and said, okay, you know what, I'm going to stop. When was the last time that happened? The Finnish Prime Minister, Sana, she was asked earlier today about what's happening over there and how concerned she is. This is her response. I think we have to get rid of Russian fossil fuels as soon as possible. It's it's. Uh very difficult situation that in one hand we have these financial sanctions that are very hard but in the other hand we are supporting and actually financing Russia's war to purchasing oil uh, gas uh, and other fossil fuels from Russia so the situation is isn't a very good one and we have to get rid of the fossil fuels coming from Russia as soon as possible by the way the rest of the world seems to be waking up to this understanding what she just said The rest of the world is understanding what we need to do right now, and they're understanding that we need to do it quickly. And America's not doing anything quickly because they don't mind this happening. They don't care if people die. How do I know that? I know it because I watched and witnessed what this administration, what Democrats did when we were leaving Afghanistan. They don't care if Americans die. They didn't care that our American soldiers died. Hell, the guy was looking at his watch, Joe Biden, when he was accepting the bodies back of Americans who died in that explosion at that airport in Afghanistan. We left people behind to be slaughtered. We, this administration doesn't care. But you notice how these other nations are starting to talk with much more urgency because they're understanding what I've been warning you about now for days. Something has changed with Vladimir Putin. This is not the guy of a year ago. So if you're Finland right now, yeah, I'd be scared. If I was Sweden right now, I'd be scared. If I was Norway right now, I'd be scared. Not because I'm paranoid, but but for good reason. Because I think that Russia is saying, hey, guys, we've started World War III. You guys are just too stupid to understand it. If I lived in Estonia, I'd be terrified. If I lived in Latvia, I'd be terrified. If I lived in Lithuania, especially with what Belarus is doing, I'd be terrified. If I was in Poland, I would be terrified. If I was in Ukraine, I would be beyond terrified. Moldova, Romania, Slovakia, Hungary, Serbia, Bulgaria, Chechnya, all of these places. Right now, you should be terrified. Germany, you're idiots. Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium, you're morons. France, you're morons. You're buying this oil from this guy, and he's coming towards you with his tanks 
and with his army, and you're too stupid to understand it, and you keep giving him the money he needs to keep moving forward with this war. I was asked to speak at a event in Hungary. And if you look at Hungary, Hungary shares a border with Ukraine, and we know what's happening, and they had to delay this event. And they may delay it again. And I will probably go to Hungary because I, I think the people in that part of the world need to know that America stands with them for what they are up against right now with Russia and Moscow. They need to understand. And if you look at what this, what Putin is trying to do right now, notice where he's going. He's going to the West, to areas that have value. He's not going to places like Kagestan or Uzbekistan. Right? He's not going to Afghanistan or, 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 or Georgia or, or these areas per se. He's going back to the old USSR because he sees value there. And our president is pretty much saying, let him keep doing it because we've got to have something. And the Democratic Party, I think, is saying, let him keep doing, let, let him keep do, doing this. Because the more he does it, the more we get to blame him for stuff that we screwed up in our own country. And we can say everything is the, is the problem of Vladimir Putin. You know, Jen Psaki just doubled down on, on not sending jets to Ukraine. Why is she doing this? Because I really don't think they mind if Ukraine falls. If you wanted to stop what's happening in Ukraine, you'd be doing it differently. I don't think they're this stupid either. You know, there's some people that just say they're incompetent. No, I think this is purposeful. I think this is being done deliberately. I really do. I think that they're looking at this and they're saying this is a great opportunity for us in America to blame all of what we've screwed up in the first year on him. And we'll use it for the midterms, which might save us from the bloodbath bath of the midterms. First and foremost. And number two, we get to implement some of our policies with the Green New Deal because of what's happening right now with gas prices. They are not trying to fix this. They're going to exploit it. And if a bunch of people get thrown into mass graves, I really think their mentality is, so be it. This is an opportunity for them. That is how they see it. And they are going to continue to move forward with this opportunity. Most favored nation status being pulled down doesn't mean anything to Russia today. Watch as this continues to play out, folks. You know, we're not serious about fighting Vladimir Putin when we actually come out with individual names of oligarchs that we're going to really target. We're not playing at the same level the other side's playing. I don't care about the yachts and I don't care about the oligarchs. I care about stopping a nation that's trying to take back over all of what used to be the USSR. And what are we sitting here? Well, we're sitting here. We're going to step up the pressure on corrupt Russian billionaires. Vladimir Putin doesn't care. We're not playing at the same level of the game they're playing. We're, we're child's play down here. It's almost like we are, and I'll say it again, purposely trying to allow Putin to keep going. So taking a further step, abandoning imports of goods from several signature sectors of the Russian economy, including seafoods, vodka, and diamonds. And we're going to continue to squeeze Putin. The G7 will seek to deny Russia the ability to borrow from leading multinational institutions, such as the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Putin By the way, the slurring of the words is getting worse. I just want to say that on the record. Keep listening. Is an aggressor. He is the aggressor. And Putin must pay the price. 
He cannot pursue a war that threatens the very foundations, which he's doing, the very foundations of international peace and stability, and then ask for financial help from the international community. The G7 is also stepping up pressure on corrupt Russian billionaires. We're adding new names to the list of oligarchs and their families that we're targeting. And we're increasing coordination among the G7 countries to target and capture their ill-begotten gains. They support Putin. They steal from the Russian people. And they seek to hide their money in our countries. They're part of a, that kleptocracy that exists in Moscow. And they must share in the pain of these sanctions. And while we're going after these, uh, su their super yachts and their vacation homes and worth hundreds of mil millions of dollars, we're also going to make it harder for them to buy high-end products manufactured in our country. We're banning the export of luxury, luxury goods to Russia. They're also the latest steps we're taking, but uh, they're not the last steps we're going to take. And as I said, at the beginning of all these steps, we're going to hit Putin harder because the United States and our closest allies and partners are acting in unison. The totality of our sanctions. I, I just, I just have to say, this is this is child's play. Ban on Russian alcohol, seafood, and diamonds. They don't give a crap. We're we're not playing this to even act like we're winning. We're just playing it to allow him to continue to do what he's doing. And you have to start asking yourself the question: Why? Why are we getting it so? Why, 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 why has this become such an a, a embarrassment for us? Because they're doing it on purpose. They don't want him to stop. We need Vladimir Putin, or the Bidens do, the Biden administration, to justify their horrific, their horrific policies in this country. They need a cover story, and he's the guy. I hope you'll share this podcast with your family and friends. Hit that share button. Hit that auto-download or subscribe button. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.